Sexuality is a Planet Pella production, where we discuss the wonderful realm of the human body. Your host is sexual educator and enthusiast, Paula Bowman. The tea is ready. Let's start spilling. If movies and books are to be trusted, then everybody must be receiving a very awkward talk from their parents about the birds and the bees. Of course, movies and books can't be trusted because they're fiction. The reality is most people are not receiving the talk from their parents, and they're not learning it in school either. In this episode, Paula Bowman touches on the importance of sexual education within the family home and explores how different cultures and regions tackle this rather sensitive subject in the school system. Hello and welcome, lovelies. For the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be chatting about sex education for families, starting with the talk. So let's start with what kind of sex education did you get? Did you have a talk? Were your families open and honest? Did you ask questions? Were you given a book? Did you find a book? Were you interested or were you horrified and embarrassed or somewhere in between? What was missing and what do you remember? Well, I remember it was one terrible biological film in grade eight. The only thing I remember was the view of the uterus and that struck me as amazing. But there wasn't any useful information about sex, relationships or consent, things that would have been really helpful in the years to come. I was quite naive and not particularly interested And between the ages of 11 and 13, the coming-of-age films that were out at the time were about girls who got pregnant or died in horror films because they were making out. So I had a feeling that if I had sex, I would either die or get pregnant An undercurrent of fear was deep. So I thought, best wait till I finish high school. I was really into school. That was the only thing I was concerned about. It's laughable now. But at the time, it was genuine fear, not knowledge. And I didn't ask. And I don't know why, but I didn't. My parents did have a little chat with me at my graduation, but I was 17 and it wasn't very useful. My mum said, keep your legs closed, and my dad looked horrified. She didn't have the tools to tell me the things. She was never told anything herself. Now we are super open and we talk about lots of things, relationships and body related. So what do I do that's different with my kids? Well, first start, we've always used the proper terminology for body parts. 
We look at books and talk about functions in the body from a biological perspective, from an emotional and consent focus. We talk about appropriate touch, friends and relationships and why we need to be able to look after ourselves and each other. And when they ask stuff, I tell them. We really just can't wait for the right time. It's all the right time. And if we go into too much detail, they might not remember it, but they've heard it. And they will be more willing to ask you if you're honest and if you tell them all the things. Take the opportunity to talk about what body parts are and what they're for why penises get engorged with blood and why testicles retract in the cold and why private parts are so sensitive. It doesn't all have to be related to sex specifically, but this kind of open, candid conversation will mean hopefully that they'll be open to chatting with you later when it's bigger stuff. And on a hopeful note, if they are a little one and they know the names of their private parts, it's a lot harder for a perpetrator to take advantage of them if they can say, someone touched my vulva. There is no doubt when the correct term is used and they are more likely to be taken seriously in court or in general, and may scare away an abuser. But also, if they know what sex is, and that it's for people of a certain age, they will know when something's inappropriate. And if someone asks them to do X, Y, Z, I will talk more about that next time. But this is why consent and body autonomy and clarity about who is the trusted adult who can help them with wiping or washing or if they're hurt. Kids need to know this stuff. And if they don't, there's a possibility of abuse. Not just that, but knowing your body parts is important. When I meet adult women who don't know what a vulva is, because their whole life it's been called a vagina. It makes me angry that our society has focused on the parts that are interesting or useful to men. The vagina has two functions, men to enter and baby to come out of. This is so common. And since I started to make happy vulva art many, many years ago, I realized that so many women had no idea what I was on about. I sold little happy vulva pins and people would say, oh, what pretty shells or flowers. And this was worrying to me. And I have never stopped making this art in the hope that this will change. The people who did know what they were were often men and nurses. And it's partly because women aren't encouraged to look at their private parts.
There are so many generations in the past who did not know their parts. My sweet Auntie Fran, we were chatting round the table of aunties and my mum said, oh, guess what Paula's teaching? And do you know what a vulva is? And Auntie Fran said, Volvo? I've never had a car. And we laughed hysterically. But she was 85 and she had never heard that term before. These next generations will know their parts. But they also need to know that sex is pleasurable and on their own and with a partner. And it's not just for making babies and that our lives as sexual creatures are important. Our relationships, fluidity, sexuality will change and grow over our lifetime. And it's important to start this off with all the information. So what's happening around the world and how are we managing with all the changes and information that we now have access to, you'd think our kids were getting ready for this world of relationships and sexual experiences. Here are a few things about education in schools around the world and how they differ. In Belgium, they're incredibly relaxed, like many European countries. They had a program called All About Sex. It was criticized for teaching seven-year-olds explicit positions, but it was intended for 15-year-olds. So they are very open. China, sex ed, is reproductive-based or completely absent. It is not compulsory, which leads to big gaps in knowledge STIs are on the rise and so are abortions. In India, not compulsory, with horrific stats of 53% of children aged 5 to 12 having been subjected to sexual abuse. A huge percentage of girls in rural India are unaware of what menstruation means and HIV is on the rise. The culture around sex promotes silence and shame, which confuses people, and they are often unable to recognize abuse. In Indonesia, sex ed is considered extracurricular. Parents do not have the comprehensive information. Usually, they are warned about the dangers, but not taught why it can be dangerous or how to do it safely. But changes are happening in the positive direction. Malaysia focuses on biological aspects of sex, ignoring the crucial components like consent, emotional well-being and contraception. The Netherlands, famous for its liberalness, sexuality is a natural part of human life. They start at age four building on respect for their own body and sexuality. One of the first lessons is consent. Everything is covered and the country has the lowest teenage pre pregnancy rates in Europe. New Zealand, 
sexuality is one of seven key areas compulsory for primary, elementary and secondary. Sex and relationships has been covered since 1999. In Britain, British being somewhat reserved, it is compulsory, but the guidelines are thin. It is incorporated into personal, social, health and economic ed. It vastly varies in schools. The US school programming is varied widely from school to state to state, with only 50% of the schools, including HIV. Many do not cover birth control and support abstinence programming. And in Canada, it is compulsory, but it varies from school to school. We are still working on the missing parts of relationship, consent and gender identity. It's coming, but slowly. And we need to start younger, in my opinion. We need to prepare our children for the world. We cannot rely on schools to deliver this information. If you're unsure what to cover, there are amazing resources out there. But the thing is to be open and honest. And if you don't know the answer, look it up. Tell them you don't know. Look it up with them. Your kids will love and respect that you are willing to say you don't know. It's so important to give them the tools to protect themselves from unwanted sexualized situations, to feel they have control and need consent to touch or be touched. They need to know they can come to you. And that's more important. Your values and beliefs can be part of this information. And if they don't learn from you and they don't get this information from school, they will learn about it from somewhere else. And it may not be healthy. Start the chat in every way, every day. However it comes up, be calm and try not to stress. My cup is full Thank you for listening. With much thanks to the marvellous Ms. T for all she does. With much love to everyone. As always, thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions, concerns or suggestions, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook or through our website www.planetpaula.ca Please consider subscribing to our podcast and leaving a comment to let us know you're out there.